Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week's Eccentric Minute is one of my favorite exercises to do with the K-Poly, and that is the pull-through. Guys, once you've figured out about how far you need to walk out with the K-Poly, grab whatever attachment you're using for the pulley, walk yourself out there, and really push your hips back at the K-Poly. From there, when you hit that stretch, really punch your hips forward, keep your chest up, and try to extend your knees and your hips all the way through. And this is where one of the major benefits of using a flywheel kicks in, as it pulls you into a deeper stretch as you push your hips back in, into your hamstrings and your hip extensors, so that you really open it up and stretch everything out in the back. This is an exercise that I'm sure your athletes are going to love to hate, but reap awesome rewards from. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Being a strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat? Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cbasps to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we have an absolutely awesome talk. I get to sit down and discuss the development of the 21st century basketball player in the NBA with Ed Street. After a really quick rundown of how Ed got out to L.A., he starts out diving right into his year last year at the University of Dayton. And we start going through his redshirt program. And, and more importantly, like what the guidelines were and the goals were with the players. After that, he discusses with us his role in the NBA and, and really how these past experiences he's had helped with the transition and some of the things that have really helped with him getting the players to buy into the program that they're instilling up there. You know, we then run down the rabbit hole of some of the misnomers when it comes to developing uh, basketball players. And not just ways that you can help them become better players, but ways that you can help them have a healthier career as well. You know, then we finish off really getting into the role of the player's guy and how working with the people that the players work with has really helped him move forward. And this goes back to his time at Connecticut, Dayton, and now with the Los Angeles Lakers. This is really an awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Ed, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. How we doing? How we doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. You know, I'm, I'm glad we can do this now because I'm not going to get to see you in two weeks um, when, you know, the boys come down here. But, you know, for, for the person and a half that maybe doesn't know who you are and where you're at, let, let's give them a quick little rundown of how you got out there to the left coast and what you're doing with the Lakers. Yeah, so um, born and raised in Chicago, 
Um, I went to Illinois State for undergrad, studied exercise science. Um, from there, um, got involved with my first strength and conditioning internship at DePaul University my senior year. Um, Matt Calloway was the director there, great dude. Um, Jimmy Duba was there, he's still the director there, great guy. Um, so interned there, went out to Arizona State, interned, that turned into a graduate assistant position. Um, from there, got an internship with the Chicago Bulls, um, stayed there for a couple years as an intern, got hired on full time, uh, left the Bulls, went to UConn, so I've been bouncing around a little bit from UConn, um, went to the University of Dayton, it's where we crossed paths, the A-10, um, and then from Dayton, uh, came out here to the left coast, to the, to the lake show. Yeah, man, and a lot of awesome learning situations when it came to those stops and i think that that's something you know we got to talk about it quite a bit on the court last year uh, before that game um when obi really kind (laughs) of took over um but let's talk about that i think that you have been able to see some really really unique situations throughout your career in in your travels so let's let's start in Chicago, you know where it really kind of got cooking. There, yeah. there was, what are some things that people need to know that you learned there when it comes to dealing with this 21st century athlete that, you know, really a lot of us need to be better at. Yeah, so uh, very grateful for my time in Chicago. Um, Nick Papendick was the head strength coach um, when I was brought in there as an intern. Matt Johnson was the assistant. Um, and, um, those guys brought me in as, as the intern. Um, and it, you know, being from Chicago was awesome to be there. I'm like very, very grateful for that opportunity. Um, yeah. So some of the things that, um, I've kind of learned and took away from my time in Chicago, um, and maybe who I am today. I mean, it's really just the fundamentals and the basics and do those well. And usually most of your problems take care of themselves. Um, you know, like, Get your guys uh, moving well in the, the basic moving patterns. Get them squatting well, um, hinging well, pulling, carrying. Um, you know, do the simple stuff and do it well. Um, you know, nothing nothing mind-blowing, which, you know, I remember being a younger strength coach. And, you know, when are we going to do the 55-inch box jumps and broad jumps and this, that? And it's like, no, you know, usually you just take care of the basics and um, the rest kind of uh, handles itself. A hundred percent. And I think that then the next question that's got to follow, because most people that aren't in the game are going to ask this question. So then how do you get basketball players to buy into being good at the basics? Right. Um, yeah. So I've, I've had a couple guys tell me um, that they would never squat. They hated squatting. Um, and I, th- I think it's just, you know, taking them through a full progression, explaining um, why you're doing everything you're doing. Um, you know, giving them some insight as to, you know, what you're doing and why. Um, I think uh, today's athlete is very, I mean, they're smart guys. They want to know the ins and outs of what they're doing. And so especially in the NBA setting where time is literally money, um, they, you know, they don't want to waste their time and um, I don't want to waste theirs either. So um, just taking them through, you know, like very basic progressions, hopefully get them feeling well first. Um, and usually if you got, if you get someone, you know, to squat in a smooth movement pattern, um, they're going to be feeling a little bit better. Um, you know, those achy knees kind of go away. Um, they might have a little bit more pop in their step. So. Yeah. And then, you know, 
you fast forward to where you were last year, and I think that this is another really unique situation. Um, and one, well, maybe it's becoming less of a unique situation. So you guys came in up there at UD and had a had a big group of transfers, which is going to be super unique in the game of basketball because you actually can train them developmentally for a full year. Let's talk about that process a little bit and how that may have been different to how you would normally handle these young people and how that process has led into really, you know, the, the building blocks into what, what those guys are doing now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a very unique situation. Had, um, you know, four guys that transferred in and couldn't play right away. Um, so spent a lot, a lot of time with those guys, um, in the weight room. Um, there were a couple things that were unique about it. You know, not only did I, um, kind of map out their annual program a little bit differently, um, but also try to integrate them so that they're not always lifting by themselves. So it's not just, you know, the red shirts and the actual team, but, um, just kind of get those guys in the weight room at the same time with the team so that there was chemistry when those, you know, when those red shirts actually did join the team. Um, so that, that was fun kind of, you know, navigating those waters, um, but yeah, like a lot of game day lifts with those guys, spent a lot more time with them. Um, they were the red shirts, but we call them the Ed shirts. Uh, they kind of, they, they were a great group to work with. Um, and you know, they tackled it every day. Kudos to those guys. Obviously their work is showing now, um, with, with how they're playing and what they're doing over there. Yeah, no doubt. So let's talk about that year process then. How did you add these extra lifts in? What were some of the kind of general goals for these guys and then where, if any spots where they're plug in plays where you're looking at each one of these four individually. Yeah. So, um, as far as fitting the lifts in first and foremost, what we did, I mean, just game day lifts, you know, most of our other guys, we would kind of map out the week to get their two to three lifts in, um, around the game days. Um, those guys, we would add the extra one, um, on the game day. Um, that, that was pretty easy to manage. Um, as far as, um, how, how I mapped out theirs a little bit differently, maybe just, um, extending their time, um, in each block a little bit, um, and playing with a little bit more stuff like, you know, some of the triphasic stuff, um, you know, not, um, to a T, but, um, variations of that, you know, extending their eccentric or isometric, um, blocks out a little bit more cause we had a little bit more time to work with. Um, also kind of diving a little bit more into the Olympic lifts, um, just because those guys, I had a lot more time to teach. Um, when I got to UD, you know, it was, um, kind of like middle of the summer. So we, you know, hit the ground running. Um, but with those guys, you know, um, I had a lot more time to kind of actually teach and talk, um, with some of those Olympic variations. Yeah, man, that's great stuff. And then I think too, another thing that's unique, you know, is to get multiple transfers at once based on their background how much did that impact what you were able to do and how quickly you were progressing this group um a lot and anytime i you know go somewhere i like to get some um history on you know who i'm working with what i'm doing um so you know i luckily for me those uh those guys all had really great strength coaches um that had no problem with me getting in touch with them and kind of, you know, getting a little bit about their training background, training history. 
Um, so it was really, you know, that, that was pretty easy and pretty smooth to kind of know where they had been, what they have done, um, what their numbers had looked like, you know, at their previous stops. Um, and then from there, just kind of map out to see what each of those individuals needed. Um, that, that was a really fun part too, because, you know, getting to spend more time with them, I can kind of almost treat their programs like, you know, in the NBA setting where it's like very tailored to the individual with, you know, I, I mean, I did that with most of the guys, but still when you're in that team setting and you get the whole team in the weight room, it's, you know, here's our steak and potatoes. Here's what we're all doing as a team. And then we kind of venture off into our individual needs. Yeah, dude, that's awesome because, you know, that leads right into the next question, which is where does that bring you now to what you're doing in the league? Now, how, like, how has that time at Dayton impacted what you're able to do with the Lakers and where are some things that are really unique to this situation? Yeah. Um, so I had been in the NBA prior to the, the time at Dayton. So kind of coming back to this setting, um, I was very familiar with it. Um, but it, it was also refreshing too, because in the NBA, you have guys that like, we have Taylor Horton Tucker, who, when I got here was 18 and you know, he's in the NBA 18 years old. And then we have, you know, some of our guys who are 35 years old now too. So you have anywhere from 18 years old to 35 years old. Um, so you really have to kind of, you know, know their training history, know where they've been, what they can do. Um, but it was refreshing too, to get back in that college setting and work with some of the younger guys who need a little bit more general preparation. Um, and just kind of, you know, our blank slates and haven't, you know, have never squatted before. Um, so I still kind of get that up here. Um, but you know, it's, it's the same mentality. It's the same thing every day, same philosophy. Um, you know, do the simple stuff and do the basics, do them well. Um, you know, and just teach guys over time why we're doing what we're doing. Um, especially at this setting, like some of our guys, like, you know, Rajon Rondo, DeMarcus Cousins, like those guys, they're brilliant guys and they love to know the reason, you know, why we're doing some of the stuff we're doing. So then how does that communication process lead into them being more involved in the training process? Um, I'd, I'd say it gives them a little bit more buy-in. Um, you know, you kind of pick these guys brains a little bit and, you know, Hey, what do you like? What do you dislike? And, you know, well, I did this and, you know, I didn't see results there. Um, you know, and some of the guys have felt like, you know, they've been in a cookie cutter program before where it was just, why am I doing the same lift as, you know, an 18 year old or, a, you know, you know, a rookie when I'm, you know, 15 years in the league. Um, so, you know, getting those guys to kind of see that everything we do is tailored to them and their needs, not only for that annual plan, but, you know, that week, because we might have four, four games and five nights. Um, so, and one guy's minutes might be, you know, one's playing 30 versus, you know, barely touching the court. Um, so, you know, just knowing like that the program is tailored to those individuals kind of helps a lot with the buy-in and guys really see, uh, the value in that. You know, and then another unique thing coming up to the league now versus your time before is the the growth of these performance teams. Yep. And now not having to do all of the extra things that you had to do at Connecticut and Dayton. Yep. How does that entire process now feed into the evaluations and the training and all of that when it comes to developing and assisting? Because some of the guys, like you said, it's going to be more yep. assisting. Um their physical preparation. Yeah. Um, so pretty fortunate here 
we have a huge medical staff um, and performance staff. Um, so when I was um, obviously at UConn and Dayton, I was uh, solo. Um, you know, all the weight room stuff handled that by myself. Um, here we have, you know, three strength coaches on staff through the Lakers. Um, so, you know, we kind of divvy up that work a little bit, uh, makes it a lot easier to kind of prep for your guys. Um, and then also just having, you know, a larger medical staff, um, makes it really easy for, um, guys to get treatment or whatever they need on, on the other side of the hallway with, uh, the trainers and the massage therapists. Um, you know, best ability is availability. So, you know, always having someone available for a lift, for training, um, for, uh, you know, soft tissue work, um, to get some treatment. Um, that's been huge for us. We meet every day to kind of talk about, um, we, we run down the list of all our guys, um, what they need, um, that week, um, what they need that day. Um, so, you know, being a part of a huge staff has made things a lot easier. Also divvying up some of the responsibilities, you know, with some of the sports science stuff, um, you know, when I was an intern with the Bulls, you know, was chasing guys down, putting um, GPS pods, RPEs, training guys, filling fridges, um, you know, doing it all. And now, you know, um, so it's, it's a little a little calmer and a little nicer to, you know, kind of uh, have less responsibility, but be able to um, execute the responsibilities I do have um, at a higher level. Yeah, man, that's sensational. And I'm glad that, that that's the situation because it's something that really allows you to take the skills that you've been able to to hone in on and do the best for some of the best in the world at their sport. Right. Right. So let's get to this then, because we talked a little bit about this before. and We've talked about this, you know, on the court. But I think that one big lesson that Ed can give to people out there is kind of removing some of the misnomers and some of the, uh, I don't know, maybe we call it bro science or fakeness of what people think actually goes on in the sport of basketball. Right. Being at the, the, the top level in college and being at the top level in the world, what are, what are some of these, this fake confusion that you see people talk about when it comes to basketball and what, what, what is the reality of the situation? And what are people seeing incorrectly that you think we need to, to move past? Um, you know, it's a, a lot of the stuff that I hear is that, you know, um, don't lift weights. You'll get too heavy. You'll get too slow. Um, you know, some of that stuff. Um, or if you're in the weight room, it has to, everything has to be sports specific and basketball specific and, you know, drop step into a squat and, um, you know, o over my time um, working in basketball uh, over the past 10 years, I, you know, have come to find the exact opposite. I think handling um, the basics uh, makes you a better athlete. Um, I mean, it's simple physics. The more force you can put into the floor, um, the faster you're going to run, the higher you're going to jump. Um, so, you know, and you do that through loaded movements. Um, also, too, um, that, you know, in the weight room, it's all only correctives and low threshold uh, movements. But um, I, I've found working with guys that, you know, loading up a front squat with, you know, 185 pounds and going, you know, three second eccentric can fix a lot of patellofemoral issues. Um, and, you know, some some of that loaded movement is corrective in its in its own nature. 
Um, I would say those are probably the, the biggest things that I hear, you know, young, younger strength coaches or, um, you know, people outside of the strength conditioning realm, um, kind of talk about, you know, it's funny, man. I think that as we start to move from being the young guys in the game to being the old heads, I think that the one thing that most of us would probably start to say is the, the best thing you can do for her people who play as much as a basketball player does is fill the buckets that have never been filled. Exactly. Um, and that's, that's been kind of the funnest part too, um, working at the NBA level. So when you get some of the most elite athletes in the world and you know, some of them have never touched a barbell. Um, and then you do the, the, how fast those results come and how much they get. Um, you know, doing those simple things, um, like working with some of our guys now and you know, I've never done this before, but wow, I feel good. I've got some pop. I feel great. So, um, that, that's, that's some of the funnest stuff that I've come across in my time in the league. Well, and the novelty of it is obviously just going to produce something that helps. Yeah. So then let's also talk a little bit about this process of individualization because you are dealing with young guys and then some some vets who have done okay um you know um, (laughs) they're decent yeah let's talk a little bit about that because i think that one another thing that we as strength coaches like to talk about is you know understanding training age and and how we need to change all these things but i think a lot of the times it's lip service but when you're in a situation where you got six dudes it can't be lip service right yeah um yeah so working with these guys um you know it's just chip away every day and um just kind of you know get them stronger as far as the individualization part you know like some of our young guys Taylor horton tucker um he's 18 um when he when i got here he's 19 now um but you know just chipping away at those um simple movement patterns um you know he um kind of taking him through a squat progression or a hinge progression, um, teaching some of the, you know, barbell complex and some of the, just the simple movements, um, and just hammering those home, getting him efficient with those movement patterns. Um, versus, you know, someone like Rajon Rondo, who I worked with in Chicago and now it's just, you know, back to what we do. It's, it's nothing magic, but you know, he likes, you know, a front squat and heavy hinges and you know, that's what works for him. Um, and you know, Again, kind of touching back to um, working with the most elite athletes in the world. It's amazing that just those simple things, like the results you get when you work with this population. Um, so it makes it makes it pretty simple. No doubt, brother. And then I think that, you know, one other thing that people sometimes get a hard time understanding is kind of the role of the performance team with the superstars, because those those individuals have individuals that they feel most comfortable with. Yep. So let's talk about that relationship building and how that works, because I think that this is something that's really similar to, again, kind of the fake confusion that goes on between like the college coach and the private coach, you know, where it's like if someone goes home for the summer and then everybody gets all butthurt over what these guys are doing somewhere else, this, that, or the other thing. So how is that, process evolved and where are some ways that you've seen 
success when it comes to working with outside entities in a situation. Yep. Um, so that process has definitely evolved a lot. Um, I think, I mean, just even strength and conditioning in the NBA has evolved a lot over the past 20 years. I mean, you know, 20 years ago, a lot of teams didn't have these positions. Um, but as far as the individual guys, like, you know, someone, some of the guys on our uh, team who have been in the league for 15 years have their guy who's been with them for 15 years and been pretty successful. So um, it's kind of hard to argue against that. Um, so, you know, just working with those individuals to just knowing that we're all we're all on the same team. We're all, we all got the same logo on our chest and we're all working towards the same goal. So anyway, I can assist those individuals. Um, I'm happy to do so. And likewise, if they can help us out, like we're all team players. We have really good dudes um, on staff that, you know, are aiming for the, the same goal. Um, now, um, some how that's kind of evolved too. I would say in the NBA, um, something that's been really helpful with me and my time in the NBA, um, a lot of your guys won't stick around in the summer. They're not required to. Um, we would love the whole team too, but that's just not realistic. Um, a lot of those guys um, come out to come out to LA or go out to Miami and try and with, train with their private guys who they've been with for years and years. Um, or they like, you know, just to get out to a new area and explore that area. And we hook them up with, usually I'll try to find a good collegiate strength coach or just another good strength coach in that area, bridge the gap, and then just communicate over the course of that off season. Um, maybe some of the things we would like to see um, them kind of trend towards. And then, you know, obviously ha let them, you know, not micromanage and let them have kind of their own touch and, um, you know, uh, I don't want to I don't want to ever put someone in a situation where, you know, I want them to be a puppet and do what, you know, everything that we want. Um, but as long as we're just communicating again towards the same goal, um, just so we can see, you know, success with that athlete at the end of the offseason. That's great, man, because I think that that's something that. All too often, coaches let their ego get in the way of where it would be more like. No, he's mine. He's got to do this. And it's like, no. Well, first of all, he's not anybody. Second of all, like, yeah. he's got to do what he's got to do. Absolutely. Communication is key, whether we're talking, whether I'm talking to another coach to coach or my athletes every day, especially in the NBA setting. Like, I mean, it, it was the same in college when I was at, you know, UConn and Dayton, too. Like, I checked in with my guys. They probably got sick of me hearing, like, hey, how you feeling today? You know, how are you feeling after that game? You know, we got a big squat day, but like, you banged up, we good. If not, we can, you know, it's a big puzzle. We can always move it around to get to, you know, where we're going. And, you know, it's very fluid. But as long as we have the end goal in sight um, and we keep working towards that, you know, everything um, should be good. No doubt about it, man. And I think that more and more today, these younger people and, you know, the, the, the basketball player of the 21st century understand that and they also understand that there's times when whether they want to or not it's a time they've got to step on the gas absolutely absolutely there's a, there's always you know a time where we need to get what we need to get done um you know you, i'll say that especially in the nba setting when you have 82 games and they just keep rolling you're never going to feel 100 percent throughout the course of the season but um in order to you know peak going into the postseason we got to work along the way um, so as long as there's also an understanding, you know, that, um, you may not be feeling good today, but you know, we'll get after it tomorrow or, you know, maybe we need to push through this and, you know, get through this today and break through this wall and, you know, um, keep it rolling. 
No doubt, man. Well, Ed, let me get you out of here on this, brother. Where can people see more of what you got going on and what you're doing and watch you? Uh, it's squats around the world, right? <laughs> squats around the world. So, um, you know, kind of in the NBA setting, I'm not allowed to, you know, post as much of the athletes. I love putting footage out of the, the athletes. You know, people probably got sick of my uh, front squat and deadlift videos and snatch videos from the Dayton guys. Um, I still have all those saved up. I'll, I'll probably maybe throw back Thursday those, but, um, yeah, strength coach Ed uh, on Twitter and, um, Instagram. Um, you know, if you want to take a peek, but yeah. Awesome, dude. Stoked you're doing great out there, man. Always great to see you. Always great to chop it up. Truly appreciate your time. This is great, brother. No, this was awesome. Thank you so much, Jay. Yeah, man. Well, we'll be in touch real soon, buddy. Absolutely. Cheers, man. And a huge thanks to Ed Street for spending the time with us today. Guys, just some open, honest, candid sharing from, from a coach who's, who's been at all levels of, of basketball, who's really leading from the front when it comes to developing players and moving forward and, and all of those things. I can't thank Ed enough for being so open, honest, and candid with his sharing today. I think this is absolutely awesome. And as always, guys, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. As always, guys, we're just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we can. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.